Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio. Podcasts are an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. My name is Luke Condor with a K, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Daniel Wilcox. Hi, folks. Uh, what episode is this? Like episode 45 or something? I feel like we're getting towards 50. Yeah, we're closing in on that gap, which is yeah. kind of nuts, really, because what's that? Just just over a year. Uh, is it? Is it like a year and a half now? Is it? Uh, when did we start? Oh, we'll be uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. What episode is it? Forty-three. Forty-three. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah so, um, so we figured we'd try something different then. I guess we've been doing yes. the same sort of interview format, and when you do the same thing a few too many times, it starts to get a little bit routine. So, we thought we'd mix it up a bit. Keep our get ourselves on our toes and all that. So shake th- the the cocktail shaker. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit nervous because Dan's got like. Uh, so what's the format? This is your your sort of idea, right? So you've got a question. So it's more rather than us chatting and chatting and just talking about the things that we love because we're really self indulgent and narcissistic. <laughs> uh, it's more general discussion topics. So if uh, if there's these episodes where we don't have a guest on, which they're rare, but they happen, um, we will just throw a discussion topic into the air and we will just talk about that yeah. one specific one. So then people listening are a bit more attuned into what the episode is going to be about as opposed to some of the okay. ramblings of two UK guys. And you've got, you know the question because it's your question this week. Um, yes. So I have no idea. So if I sound like a bumbling idiot, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably, well, that's one Do you not work well in the hot seat? <laughs> I have no idea. This is the first time I've done it. Uh, we'll see Has anyone it ever interviewed you? Yeah, of course they have. I've heard them. Yeah. What? Uh, twice, I think, maybe? Yeah. 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 What was it? When have you heard it? What? What episode? Oh, it was a year ago. Well, over a year ago, I think. I can't remember which podcast it was on. Yeah. Some American guy. You were talking about um the hipster books. Yeah. Is that the, we're talking about depression and stuff? Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they stopped doing that now. Sunday morning coffee podcast or something like that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't American, was it? No, he's a Canadian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, man. All right, so before we get into all that stuff, how's the writing going? Uh, it's going well, actually. I um, started a new book last week. Yeah. So, um, can you talk I, about it yet? Much like. Yeah, I can okay. talk about it. Um, yeah, so I think we briefly mentioned it on the podcast a little while ago that I'm doing a book in uh, the Michael Anderley world, the Catherine Gambit series. Um, and they're basically expanding. They've expanded the universes of the beginning part of vamps and wares and everything that's going on. Huge gap. And then they go into almost like a fantasy realm. Mm-hmm. And um, CM Raymond, Ellie Barban, um, and loads of others are kind of killing it in the age of what they're calling the age of magic at the minute. And I'm writing in the age of madness, which is the gap that kind of bridges the two uh, alongside Haley Lawson and um, a few others as well. But yeah, I officially started that book last week put my my fingers to the keyboard on thursday been tapping away and getting through that been uh-huh. a bit ill this weekend so i have taken a gap already yeah. but uh... <laughs> well, it happens so uh, yes. how are you finding the first draft writing Cause it's been a while since you've been first drafting right yeah yeah it feels it feels good actually when you get a flow it mm. feels very unnatural to start though it's that whole yeah. heaviness of making the beginning yeah that big breath before you dive in is. It, I think I've come, to, I've come to think of it as the flinch. 
You know, like because like before you get into a cold shower or like into any sort of water, you go there's a whole like flinch. Or like when you're like, have you been like um what they call like dunk pools or something? It, it's yes. So like, so you don't just like jump straight in, although that's the best thing to do, probably. Oh, I do. Sometimes like there's a whole thing of like, do you know what I mean? Like just before there's that whole like. Um, I I do that energy. before I check my bank balance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. you mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it was good to just get down because it's a bit of a different writing style to yeah. to what I'm used to, but um, it's quite fun to play with the characters. I'm excited to bring to life, and it's it's just exciting having that that beginning intro part to bring them alive and see what happens. I mean, I have no doubt that I'll have to go back and and edit at some point, but I am just letting myself write yeah. for the minute. Yeah, and not to um, like, I don't, well, I don't want to sort of ask this and, and have it suddenly play on your mind but because there is an audience there like quite a big audience is that on your mind currently in the writing i'm pushing it away okay, for now good. yeah so forget about it forget i even asked it i'm just curious <laughs> i don't want to i don't by asking it oh, i don't shit. want to like, uh... yeah. <laughs> yeah give you some sort of ex- existential crisis there but um yeah. no i mean to be fair when um whenever i write my stories whenever i write my first drafts or anything i normally try and it, it when you're when you're in a room writing by yourself, it's hard to fill the audience. Yeah, you are you are your own worst critic, and I think I spent more time battling my own head than I would. Yeah, being too much at this point. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure that will come some way down the line because it is a bit yeah. a bit of a different project for me. But yeah, but yeah, it's going it's going good. Diving in, um, and trying to get my writing speed back up again. Yeah, how many how many words are you doing a day? So I'm gunning for two thousand. Okay. Uh, which is quite a big ask on top of work and everything else. But yeah. you know, I, I did it for Lazarus. I did it for elements of They Remain. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But sure, sure. Yeah, how's, yeah. Your, how's your writing going? Did we speak about Nano Boosmo last week or last time? Rem- I don't remember. Um, so I did Nano Boosmo. If, if people don't know, that's NaNoWriMo. But I added a couple more elements. Because I've done NaNoWriMo twice now. And... And these sort of challenges, one of the reasons they work is because you're not sure if you can do it. Do you know what I mean? There needs to be an element of it might be too difficult, so you better try. So Nanobuzmo was uh, 50,000 words, and I was going to add a running element, so run 50,000 meters, so run 50K, and then no booze just because I wanted an excuse not to drink. So I did it. I think I wrote 50,018 words in the 30 days, ran about 62,000 meters, um, which sort of killed me in the end, um, and no booze. And you know, what? I had I had a beer on the first went to a film. Like, <laughs> uh, we, were, we were screening Keith, and I went. To, I had one beer, had like half of it, and I was like loopy. So the bubbles <laughs> went straight to my brain. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how much that can impact you when you've not drunk anything in a while. Yeah, yeah. It was nice though. I really enjoyed actually. So what? So I was kind of still a bit tired, and sort of like in a bit of like a mental. Fugue. and uh, so I sat down with in in the bar waiting for the, the thing to start and I had my beer and I was gonna get a book out and read I had like 20 minutes I was gonna do something to pass away the time listen to a podcast do something productive but I just sat there and listened to like the jazzy um Muzak sort of in the background and uh, just had a really relaxing enjoying beer and you don't really do, do that very often just enjoy the ambiance no I'm trying to do that more with um just putting my phone down. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean, like, if you're standing at the post office, don't need to check your fucking texts. Come yeah. on. 
just yeah. speak to the random batty lady that's spewing off the lyrics to some old poem from the 70s. Well, yeah, so when I'm walking Alaska, a lot of the time I'll have a podcast in and it kind of ruins the walk in a way. Like, mm. I enjoy the podcast, but I'm not really in, in the moment with the dog and enjoy, yeah, like, yeah. enjoying the uh, atmosphere or anything. But so there's a couple of times, I still take, I still, cause it's a good excuse to listen to something, but every now and again, I just go out and just enjoy walking around, get some fresh air. Yeah, it's good for you. I mean, I, I do the same. I'll cycle to and from work, which is mm. like 20 minutes for me each way. And I'll listen to a podcast. And then sometimes I'll just be like, I've had a long day at work. I listen to a yeah. podcast in the morning and on the way home, I'll just go, nothing. Yeah. Just, yeah. But you don't realize how much, I think we've briefly spoken about this back in March when I went on my social media. Um, yeah, yeah, cleanse. Cleanse. Um, <laughs> but even even going to the toilet, you don't realize how boring going to the toilet is without your phone. Yeah. Yeah, but I I plan at some point when I can be bothered to put nails in the walls of putting tiny little bags around the house, so that I can if I'm going to the toilet and there's a bag That's outside, a, I just I wait. Just pop, what are you putting in the bag? <laughs> just, I just pop my <laughs> just pop my phone in it, then Samples. go in the toilet, <laughs> and then just remove any element of temptation to yeah. actually go on your phone because yeah, it's That's good. I, yeah, family occasions when everyone's sat on their phone really pisses me off. But I've got to the point now where, although don't do this every time, if it's just, if it's the evening, you know, if it's just me and Kat and we're doing something, I just try to put the phone away and just not get it out because it's just so easy just to swipe down on Facebook or Twitter just over and over again. Yeah. Like, it's like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> no, you get, like, I'll get to my 20th scroll on my Instagram feed yeah. to the point where I'm caught up with where I was three hours yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, come on. You yeah. better than this. Cool, man. Uh, so, big whoops. Cool. Have you got um, one in mind? I do. Do you? Uh, I do, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I've got two, actually. A small one and a big one. A couple right, of I do a small one. I'll do one. <laughs> okay, <cool. laughs> and then you can put the big one in the back. <laughs> the, so, the smaller one, I guess, is just one that uh, a little thing I've enjoyed on Ethernet recently was it's called Dan's Top 5 Reads of 2017. <laughs> so um, you put a blog post up on our website, um, hugglyver.com. It's yeah. like your favorite five reads of the of the year. And it was just interesting to see, the. it's also it's interesting to see three out of five books are indie books that you chose. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it's just interesting to see what, what's sort of been in your mind space over this past year, what sort of affected you in, in that way. And uh, mm. yeah, it was a good, and I'm looking forward to doing my own now. Um, I picked the five books. You pop one up, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think for me, partly a few of them, it was because we had some of the authors on the show. So yeah. knowing people and then reading their work and being impressed with their work kind yeah. of doubles the the value for me. But yeah, there are a couple on there that just fantastic books, ones that I should have gotten around to a long time ago but didn't, but yeah. just enjoyed. And I found that I'm trying now to read a lot more of people that I don't ever read or haven't heard of yeah just to absorb those styles because there's only so much stephen king that you can read yeah well some people just that's all they read that's that's it it's on cycles for years yeah i get so excited now by when i like i keep seeing the same books recommended on instagram or on goodreads and i just get so excited to get around to it there's just so many like cool books that i just really want to read but you know there's so much time yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so my my big whoop, I'm going to go for um, actually I'm going to go for a book, yeah. which is the How to Be Fucking Awesome 
okay. by Dan Meredith. Why not throw that out there? Because um, uh, I think I'm trying to remember if last time I mentioned this. It feels like forever ago since we recorded one of these, but it was only about two weeks ago. It's but, two weeks um, ago, yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of wellness, motivation podcasts. Been reading some non-fictiony things to basically try and. I'm experimenting at the minute with my sleep and trying to make myself sleep better. I'm experimenting with food and trying to make myself eat better. When you say sleep, so what are you doing? Like upside down? Yeah, so upside down, um, I normally go for pants on the head uh, just (laughs) because it's warmer and it closes in that breath when you sleep. Um, No, it's (laughs) it's things like blue light filters. It's things like cutting off certain technologies before bed, the foods and drinks that you have before bed, um, and just test because i'm not 100 percent convinced that my sleep is effective because i keep waking up tired and i know that i fit a lot into my day but i also know that there must be a way how many hours do you sleep uh six and a half to seven Mm. so So i'll just need the extra hour yeah yeah so i've actually um i'll plug this as well i've downloaded um, an app this week called sleep which is (laughs) basically a big logo of a sheep um and in that you can actually take a sleep quality test yeah. which asks you questions like how obviously how long do you think you sleep uh, what do you do before bed do you ever wake up feeling awake all this other stuff um and that actually did recommend that i should be getting 7.8 hours of sleep a day yeah um, so i am getting an hour less than that so i'm trying to work that together um, and see if that makes kind of a difference yeah um but yeah along those lines been reading how to be fucking awesome and the reason i read it was because it was a violent red front cover with a silhouette of a big bearded man and it's just it was called how to be fucking awesome so Does it I doubt- grow a beard step one grow a beard it was i can't so i failed um <laughs> i think i can grow a beard yeah you i just can. Think, i'm sure you can i think it'll be wispy like a ginger cloud <laughs> <laughs> but like caramel little strands yeah. of it yeah like cotton candy um (laughs) but yeah it was 12 key points on how to be awesome which are basically the stuff you you get in a lot of other um motivational non-fiction books it was all stuff like be selfish surround yourself with people who um you aspire to be it's the whole the sum of the you are the five people you spend the most time with um and all this other stuff but it was really just authentic and raw and He says at the beginning of the book that he basically just sat down for two weeks and just wrote it just because he fancied doing it at the time and then moved on to other things. But um, Is he like a self-help coach type person? or is he, uh... Uh, A little bit of that, a little bit of a copywriter for fitness things. Um, just an entrepreneur, I think, in general. But yeah, it was... entrepreneur. I bet he's a digital nomad as well. Does he yeah. have a flat in Thailand? <laughs> uh, he didn't say. Oh, okay. No, yeah. um, so just in a similar... Um, vein. I the best book I've read like that for a long time was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, which oh, is um, I... it's kind of like anti self help advice, and but um, so it does a, it does touch on a lot of the same kind of key areas, but it's kind of like um, always takes a slightly different approach to it, and um, I definitely recommend it. It's like it's, it's a lot of just common sense to be honest. Like most of them are. But um, that one is definitely one of the better ones I've read in a long time. Why? I can't, I can't <laughs> say exactly. I think, I'm think i pretty sure it's probably just um, maybe how sort of uh, blatant he was in the, in the advice and sort of not... There's, this, there's some points where he 
he talks about like positive thinking, how that's a bad thing, and like uh, so all these sort of like things that people would always tell you um, in these self help books. A lot of them he will say, "Don't do that. This is why that's actually going to be negative in the long run." Um, it's, it's, it sort of subverts a lot of things. I don't, I'm always I'm all for subversion. So, yeah, but I definitely recommend it. It's really good. Okay, I'll see if I can find it. Cool. What's your big big whoop? Well, I guess so. Um, it's a book. I bought it on the off chance that I would enjoy it. It's uh, called In the River by Jeremy Robert Johnson. Isn't Jeremy that Robert... every book? <laughs> yeah. So uh, this book, it's it's only well, it's a novella really. It's about 140 pages or so. Uh, but Jeremy Robert Johnson uh, is kind of revered in the sort of small press horror community. A lot of them kind of feel like he should be a bigger name than he actually is. He's he's got blurbs from. Uh, Jack Ketchum and um, Chuck Palahniuk and all these kind of people, Stephen Graham Jones. Um, and he, his last book was a short story collection and Blumhouse adapted one of his short stories into a short film and it's called When Susurra Stirs and I watched that and I was like, this is insane. Like he's got, he's got like a really bizarro, absurd sort of approach to everything but it's a new book, it's a new novella. It's called In the Ribbon. I had no idea what it was about. I just thought I'd give it a go, take a punt. And it's really, it's one of, it's one, it's in my top five now of the year. It's, hey. uh, it's a mix between the road and apocalypto like it's okay it's like a sort of small tribe but you don't really it's about a man and a son um and the son gets attacked by this thing in the river and it's about the man trying to save his son and getting back and it's um really brutal like incredibly brutal incredibly horrific like there's some lines in it later on that are just uh there's one sentence that just stuck with me for about three days and I just couldn't stop thinking about how disgusting it was like <laughs> you know when it's like a turn of phrases suddenly like catches you in, in the right way it was yeah, it's yeah just yeah. like that um it's, it's all about like parents struggling with the loss of children so i don't know you know for some people that might affect them a little bit more i imagine it'd be a difficult read for some people maybe like yourself because you've got, you've got a kid um but in terms of like just a surprising wow this isn't like a, a massive author he's only got like 50 reviews on his like um some of his books on Goodreads, uh, so I always say that as a as a as a gauge of sort of how many people are reading the books. Um, so he's massively underread for how good this book is. And what's yeah. his name? Jeremy Robert Johnson. Jeremy Robert Johnson. I have to be checking him out. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Fantastic. Okay, uh, so big books are out of the way. The writing updates are out of the way. This question, this topic, what what are we going for? It's an attempt at a drum roll. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so let's have a discussion. Um, obviously, I can also talk about this for myself as well. Yeah. Um, but what are the three top things that you'll take with you in your writing from 2017 into the new year? Oh, wow, okay, so the three top things I would take with me. To- so what is it this year that has pulled you in just that right way, has, has tickled mm. you back, has has got your noggin wearing that you thought this is this is a game changer well i think i've uh i feel like i've one of the main things i think is i've kind of settled in the sense of i feel like before i was always sort of last year i was always searching for the book that's going to make a bit of money i think since i talked with keelan yes it's kind of just calmed me down on that and i've kind of realized look like I'm comfortable. I don't have a, like a shit ton of money or anything, but I'm only really happy 
when I'm working on stuff that I'm really excited to work on. And sometimes that is like more commercial stuff. Like I love working on uh, the rock, the rock books and Lazarus and that kind of thing. But sometimes it means just, you know, writing something absurd or like, just like something that's like, you can't stop thinking about. So for, for this one, the example I'm thinking of is the Frio, which is kind of a bit more of a straight horror. It's not really commercial. I don't think so. Um, but it's just something that's been playing in my mind for a long time and I just really wanted to write it and I'm comfortable in that and, I'm, and I kind of feel like as long as I'm working on projects that I really like sometimes they'll be commercial sometimes they won't I feel like that is more important to me and my sense of um, uh, my ego I guess than working on books that I'm working on stuff that I might not be as big of a fan of if that, if that makes sense yeah, which I can kind of fully appreciate. I mean, we we sat down together, wasn't it, about, I want to say, last July when we started looking at The Rot and looking at something more commercial and putting Lazarus into place. And even in the months that followed when we were looking at uh, the next set of edits or publishing or, or whatnot, yeah. I remember around then it was all very much, this is the focus, these are the books that we want to push. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's still work to to do on the rot series but i am the same in that i i felt even though we were pushing on them there was always that little part of you that was like i just i just want to do this thing over here and you're like no 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 bring yeah. it back yeah. so it's it was quite nice from my side actually to see you dive into the 3-0 and just mm. to kind of go right this is a thing that i want to do this is i'm doing this for me yeah. um well, i think i think it's right in words, and then it sort of just went longer and yeah. longer yeah but I think those are the moments that make writing enjoyable. Yeah. I think once once you've worked out that, hold on, I've got more story to tell. Hold on, that there's, um, that it's it's just you're writing because you want to. That yeah, it's there. Like I feel like as much as I wanted to write Lazarus and as much as I wanted to write The Rot, the more and more we looked at commercial fiction, there was that part of me which, again, after that conversation with Keelan, where he broke me down and made me cry, um, <laughs> you you start to kind of it's a couple you of have to back if people want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to take that step back and you have yeah. to think about what you're doing. I mean, I've put on, on the top of my one as well that it, it's kind of in a similar vein to your first point. It's just know your goals, know what it is that you you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, know your why, so, I guess. That that phrase, yeah. although it gets over, over, over said nowadays, it does make a lot of sense. Like, mm. you really just have to know yourself and know what what you get what you want to get out of writing for me it's it is enjoyment for a lot of it but also i feel like there is money to be made in the sense of i'd like to do it, do it full time um but at the same time just sort of knowing what you want to get out of it and not not like floating about to the whim of the universe you know what i mean like or yeah. the market or whatever just being a bit more self-assured and, and sure-footed in, in what you're doing and and there's kind of stories you want to tell and and uh yeah, I mean, a lot of times I, I like commercial fiction. So, in fact, I read 90% of what I read is commercial fiction. So it's going to come out that way anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah, so... Sorry, my mind's just completely blanked. That's cool. Are you thinking about the Keelan episode? <laughs> I am. He made me cry. <laughs> I, I didn't actually cry. Um, but yeah, I'll just expand to my side a little bit more. Um, like I say, it's a similar vein of yours, knowing your goals in that um i mean I, we're, we're long past that point where or i think we are where we hop from just story idea to story idea to story idea write the intro but never really make a commitment yeah i think 
I think especially this year, for me, I know that I've gotten good at going, okay, if I give myself a deadline, I can hit it. Yeah. Um, and after, similarly to you, where you're kind of taking a bit more time to do some of these more passionate projects, I know that I want to dive into this project of Michael Anderley because yeah. I know that long-term it will, it's, it's obviously a fantastic thing to be involved in and I'm excited with the characters and the story and everything else that's being involved, but ultimately it will serve in the long-term and almost give that kind of step up into yeah, sure, yeah. the longer hand goals. Cause I do have, I'm similar to you in that I've got those ideas. Um, and two, three weeks ago, I started writing a, a novella, um, which is which was just a passion project, but you know I've got I've got kids to feed, I've got yeah. a house that I need to pay for, and there's only so much under my circumstances where I can hold back. Yeah. So I I now know in that in writing this I've made that decision. It's a conscious thing that I feel good about pursuing that and going forth. Yeah. And the minute I think you set what your end goal is, or you know what it is that you want to achieve from whatever you're writing, yeah. the easier it is to put aside the other stuff until you finish that project. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, um, also when you do make that decision, you find your anchor point or whatever it is, and you sort of make the decision and sort of start working just on that one project, and all the other stuff sort of goes away for the time being. You just think I'll deal with that when I when I get a chance to deal with it. Your life becomes so much easier. I don't know what it is. There's something about yes. just just focusing on one project. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think it's been mentioned on this one yet but um for those folks who didn't know cypher my my kickstarter didn't quite reach its target um to which you know i was a little bit gutted about but ultimately along this vein it does also mean that i now don't have to split my time yeah so i can just focus and go this is what i'm going to do as opposed to kind of going i'm going to do this alongside delivering for the kickstarter audience um which doesn't mean to say that it's not going to make a comeback because <laughs> I'm not done yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll find a way to, to relaunch it and in the new year, probably. Hell but, yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's uh, number one. Uh, yeah, number one. Okay, number two. Um, so I was just, I guess I was, I was just totting up my word counts for the year, and I don't want to try and get number thirty k in in this year if possible. I'm gonna, and this is including co-written stuff. Um, I think I would have written about a quarter of a million words, which, <clears throat> like, it's it is a lot and um, is a fair bit, but nowhere near as much as what um, you know some of these indie publishers who are writing and publishing a book a month. Like, it's it's not even half of what they're doing. But I've kind of realised that's fine. I'm just not as fast. I, I need. I, I kind of feel like it's a metabolism thing. Like some people can <laughs> like. Um, uh, eat as much as you want and like they will stay the same weight but for me I need to take my time a little bit and sort of um, you know watch some read some good books watch some films get get my ideas flowing again and and I just need that sort of extra bit of time so I do I do feel like I think there's a there was a period maybe about just before Nano Boozmo when I was like I'm kind of like feeling a bit lost like I don't know what projects I should work on I feel like I'm behind where I should be and then I just started, and as I said to myself, just do a thousand words a day. It's not, it's not a big amount. Just do a thousand words a day, and um, I found that fairly easy. And then from there, I was able to sort of like ramp up a little bit to uh, two thousand words a day. But just, I just kind of need to, I just need to kind of remind myself every now and again. Look, just slow down a little bit. <laughs> just chill. Just, just make sure you work like moving in the right direction. But just chill. That's what burnout is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's okay to take a break sometimes. Yeah, I always, I always, I don't know about you. I always feel immensely guilty if there's a day where I'm like, oh, I will just take today off because I do feel like crap. Yeah, I do immediately feel really guilty for that. Yeah, you got to like, forgive yourself for those for those moments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, like the past two weeks, so if anything's Nano Boozmo, and the past two weeks maybe... should it not be called Nano Sabermo. Well, I had a, I think it was National Nano Rymo. Run mo no booze mo. It's a really long one to add, uh, but um, none of booze mo just kind of uh, the no booze thing in the middle just kind of stands out to me. Um, so I had like uh, I was like right, I finished none of booze mo, and then the next day I start writing uh, the rest of their ruin. I'll go straight onto it, but I was like I can't. No, just like just I just felt ill. I felt like um, I just need to lie down, and I think for the, for the first couple of days i think i did just go home and went to bed about eight o'clock and just sort of recovered a bit what's your normal bedtime um try and make it about 10 o'clock but the past week or so it's been more like 11 half 11 yeah, no. or something yeah and you still yeah. getting up in time to to write um no like so like the, the after nano boozmo like my body was like just stay in bed for as long as possible <laughs> Leave it to the, like, the last moment before you need to get up and get ready to go to work. Um, but I think I'm feeling a lot better now. So I think tomorrow I'll get up about five-ish or something. See, I don't know if I buy into the whole... Um... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Like... If you're asleep, if you barely sleep, say four hours one night, that there's that extra bit you have to make up for. Let's catch up on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I buy into that. I think I maybe, just... maybe there's like a little bit of a deficit, but it's like REM sleep that you need, isn't it? So mm. polyphasic sleeping, which is a 20 minute nap every four hours. So the, the total amount of sleep. So people do this. The, the guy who made WordPress, he was polyphasic for a year. Um, the way that works. So you're only getting two hours total sleep every night. But because you're kind of tired by the time the four hours comes up and you have to have your nap, nap time, like you go straight <laughs> into REM sleep. So you, the total amount of REM sleep you're getting is just the same as the uh, total REM sleep of someone who sleeps eight hours a night because they only go mm-hmm. for a couple of hours um, properly rest, resting in the night. So if you have it, so my point is, yeah. But then again, I, like, and then I'm, I've, I've done something similar, and I was like, I'm bored. I could write, but <laughs> I don't really want to at the minute. Um, yeah. So uh, I think the point is, if you only get four hours sleep one night, you're probably only missing 20 minutes REM sleep or something, but you might just need a nap the next day or something to, mm. to just sort of catch up. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I find naps hard, but you yeah. a coffee nap. A coffee nap. Yeah. So you uh, have a espresso or something like a put of a strong coffee. Just have a little nap straight afterwards, and by the time you wake up, like twenty minutes later, hit your system. The caffeine's like what? Like you're straight in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah. So, um, are you setting like a yearly word count for next year? Are you are you setting a target for yourself? Uh, I don't know about word count because there there's other things I want to do that aren't prose based. Hmm. So I think what I'd I'd like to do. I'd like to finish the ruin, get that out there. Um, El Marvo issue two. I want to get key film done, like at least like the first edit of it anyway. Um, and then I've, I definitely want to write at least two more novels. <laughs> that sounds like a lot, but maybe maybe in novellas. I don't know. Um, mm. But it's going to be different compared to you because you're doing the whole Michael Underlay sort of twelve novels in a day sort of. Uh, <laughs> yeah we'll see how it goes i think yeah. i don't know if i will be up there with the fastest of them but I'll, I'll certainly give it a stab to at least get the ball rolling and see yeah. and see how it goes because i think it'll be a bit of a challenge because i on top of like i say all this um podcasts and books and stuff i'm trying to optimize myself anyway hmm. and i've been doing a lot of i'm, I'm straight now uh, a purist on pomodoro in that I used to come down when I wrote um, the first draft of Lazarus, I was very much uh, my hour lunch break. I'd sit and I'd write for an hour in the morning. I'd write for 45 minutes to an hour, whatever I had. Yeah. But I don't know why at the minute my mind is just like over here, over here, over here. So I, I like those pockets of time where you can just go, right, timer, go. Kind of freeing, aren't they? Yeah. The like word fo- focus is like any kind of focusing moment is just a really freeing um, break from the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah, and the, I was getting, I was doing the hour and probably getting between 800 to 1,200 words, depending on what I was kind of going for. Yeah. But at the minute, I'm doing two 20-minute pomos, um, and I'm averaging about 700 words per yeah. pomo. Like you've got you, Sean, it's pomo. I, I say pom. Spend pom. pom. Yeah, I'll spend a couple of poms on that book, and then I'll do a pom on something else. But, uh, I popped a pom. Popped a pom, it was, yeah. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so but, uh, number two, I guess the point there was um, um, maybe maybe pace yourself is the right way to phrase it, or maybe recognizing it's a marathon. And although I do like sprints, like it is a longer longer race. It's less daunting now to do a novel. Yeah, yeah. Now nowadays, I'm not like kind of worried about doing a novel. I just want to do a fucking good novel. Do you know what I mean? I want to <laughs> surprise myself at like. Um, if I can do an idea or something that I didn't know I could be able to do or like a character dynamic or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think mine I'll go with um, forget your audience. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a... Who are you again? In... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Selective amnesia, I like it. Yeah, so yeah, I don't mean that in like... Obviously we've written books that we plan to be commercial. Mm. I think sometimes you can get weighed down and obviously we briefly mentioned it earlier with the whole Cathirian Gambit thing is there's such a big audience there mm. um, sometimes all, all the time to be honest when I write I do like to write for me and feel like I'm doing work that I will be proud of I don't ultimately yeah. sit there and go 
right, this work is for a person. That's like copywriting, isn't it, at that point? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I think from... Um, I mean, I did the book with Jay Thorne, the American Demon Hunter book, yeah. um, which recently got a two-star review, hmm. which, although I'm not really faced by reviews, I think a part of what I took from what the review said was that that one I very much channeled towards writing and tailoring it towards this very specific style for what was a 20,000-word novella. Yeah. Um, and I love the project. Nothing wrong with the project. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm massively proud to be on it. But I think that for that one, it was very much... I'm not writing Dan. Yeah. I'm writing Dan for someone else. Yeah, yeah. And I think find trying to find that middle ground where you know you're delivering to the right people, but at the same time you're writing it because you enjoy it and because it's it's for you. We think the other stories is a good exercise in that. Like you have a theme, you mm. know, sort of the length and you know how it ends, the sting at the end or whatever, but um. At the same time, the the best stories I think are when you write them and you kind of like, <laughs> like writing like writing with a cackle because like you kind of enjoy the <laughs> enjoying the writing so much. Take this, fuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think <laughs> I think I mean both of mine have that common thread of mm. write for you. Yeah. Um, because I think that is is the thing. You get to a point where, um, if you're not enjoying the writing that you're doing. Then what are you doing it for? And sometimes that might mean just taking a step back and having a break. Sometimes that might be changing what you're writing, mixing yeah. it up. Um, I feel for me, what I'll be doing into next year is slamming these books, getting these the best that I can be, and then using that to afford the time to write yeah. the stuff that I can kind of really get my teeth into and just shake it up and be a bit more experiment experimental with. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's weird. I kind of feel like. When I think about the where where we we as writers were um, a year ago when we first started the podcast, I feel like we're, we're both now saying it's more important to sort of know who you are and be be like self assured in that and sort of not not let yourself become confused or dazed or um, like because there's this whole like um, gold mine sort of attitude to a lot of it, like on on Facebook groups and stuff where they're saying, this is, you know, I made a shit ton of money. This is how I did it. And that's fine. But it, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. don't let it, don't let it sort of get into your mind space and start changing the, what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. I think, I think we've come a fair old way, but I still think that we're kind of on the same wavelengths when it mm. comes to the actual writing itself again like, i feel that even if no opportunity for money ever came i'd still enjoy writing oh yeah well i told cat many times like on my deathbed i'm sure i'm fairly sure i'll be writing short stories because mm. i just really enjoy it as a like there's nothing there's nothing there's no better experience to me than when you surprise yourself at what you put on the page when you yeah. like, when you like look back and go <laughs> i don't even know where that came from like it's and like something that you personally enjoy I get, I get the feeling it's a bit like when a painter finishes like a big painting and they look back and they're kind of like, I did that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or like <laughs> you built a project, like you built um, built a car. I imagine it's the same sort of feeling. Like I, I kind of feel like nowadays we we're more on a sort of creative side of things. But my dad used to build bikes and stuff, and I'm sure like he just goes to the garage after work and he used to just work on bikes and build motorbikes and stuff. And I'm sure he had the same sense of pride and accomplishment and like. Uh, 
did that. I don't know how, where that came from, but I managed to do it. I'm sure it's the exact yeah. same, like, um, whatever that drug is that we're getting the same fix on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think for an example that I'll use is like early this year, I've got, so I've got next to me on the shelf, The Rot, They Remain, Lazarus, and the other stories collections yeah. all next to each other, like a nice big chunky bit on the shelf. And there was a part of me a couple of months ago when we were constantly writing and writing and writing and writing, where I looked at it and I was like, it's not enough. I could do more. I could add, I could add two more books to that. Like, that could be so much bigger. Yeah. But not at one point did I stop and go, yeah, but but last year that shelf was empty. Yeah. Good yeah, that's um, that should be maybe the third point for me anyway, is sort of recognize, taking a moment every now and again to recognize what you've done. Because it's like so often like you just sort of, finished and are you instantly thinking oh fuck, i've got to do the next thing now like there's no, at no point you sort of take that moment to appreciate the painting or the bike you've made or or you know the, the book you've written um or the poop in the bag or the poop i fucking did that, <laughs> that and that one <laughs> yeah big but yeah take that step back <laughs> because it stinks yeah um, <laughs> Oh my god! People who listen to this show are so crass. Um, but yeah, I get, I get completely what you mean because uh, it's so easy to go like when when you're rolling and when you're rolling and when you're rolling, like mm. you, you can slam out easily fifty, sixty thousand words a month, um, no matter who you are. Like as a base, you could, and if you sit there and go, okay, that's what I can do a month. I can do that twelve months, and then twelve months times sixty, what's that? Like seven hundred twenty thousand words. That's X amount of books, and your head spins and your head spins. But yeah. it's it's hard to remember to factor in the breaks and yeah. to factor in those reflective moments. And was well, something I need to get better at. And we used to do a lot of, we used to celebrate little milestones and we did this yeah. with the other stories. Um, when we hit like a certain download number, we'd like have a shot or like a drink or something. And I feel like nowadays we need to do that more. Like we publish a new book. It, it needs to be a bit of a celebration. Maybe if it's something small, like getting a takeaway, like a Domino's mega pizza box or whatever. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like something like a bit of a celebration to appreciate what, Take a moment and appreciate what you've done. We hit a million downloads on the Other Stories podcast and all we did was type in Slack, yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It'd be nice to sort of... Um... It's, a million, it's a million fucking downloads on a podcast that we yeah. started a year and a half ago. In fact, like, I guess, you know, that, that beer I was talking about earlier. So I finished Nano Boozmo and I had that beer and it was, I just felt completely comfortable in those 20 minutes just to enjoy this beer to myself. I guess that's the kind of moment that I'm kind of talking about to sort of take that first drink after a month off or something and just sort of appreciate what what it is that you've done or yeah all those little mm. steps yeah take that step back appreciate celebrate yeah yeah I wonder how other people do that because you don't really often see that on other people's Facebooks or yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's like an internal thing that you do. Like, well, yeah. So I mean, um, I remember seeing someone. So I've got two examples. I remember so the Script Notes podcast with John August and Craig Mason. They used to say when they were struggling screenwriters. Now they're kind of big. They write all the same Burton films and stuff. Um, but so when they were struggling screenwriters, when they finished the draft of a screenplay, they used to. Have you heard of Panda Express? I think it's like an American, Chinese takeaway restaurant type thing no but he used to say i used to treat myself by just spending a night eating like a shitload of panda express um when when it finished the like a screenplay and then 
Another example I can think of is, I can't remember what podcast it was, but one of them had different types of beer and spirits and alcohol, and they had like numbers fixed to them. I think we even did this at one point. I remember when we first started. Um, so when they hit a download number, they they allow themselves to have that drink like an achievement. Mm. Sort of gamifies it in a way. Also, probably yeah. being an alcoholic at some point. But, <laughs> <laughs> but one I, keg. But I do feel, like, yeah. But I do feel like um, I I think I need to do this in personal life as well. Like I don't celebrate my birthday. I've never really enjoyed it. But I'm thirty in February. Like I should really like take a moment to do something we, for that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, I think my. My last one, I'm torn between two things. Um, one of them is read more because mm. I've read slightly less this year than I did last year, but then I kind of last year I did the um oh, I can't remember this sugar something reading challenge where it was you had to read certain things in certain genres, you had to go through this list and try and find books that fit and that's quite a lot of fun to do, but at the same time I found that when I'm trying to write horror and it's basically saying that one of the categories is you must read romantic fiction. It it blurs. Yeah. It, it doesn't really help your inspiration. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think I want to go back to paperbacks for a start because I want that authentic reading experience back. But at the same time, I want to um, just re- get a lot more into fiction, just find random books, just put the time aside, read it, put the phone in the poop bag and, just yeah. read a book on the toilet instead because it's amazing how much just reading can fuel your own writing and yeah, sometimes yeah. you forget that because i remember when i first started writing anytime i was about to start writing so this was like since the smoke time anytime i was about to go right i'm going to sit down and write i would read for five minutes beforehand and go yeah. okay this this is how the pros do it yeah and then yeah. right so that you get that into your head you get that sort of momentum going yeah um, but also just, I think I I am getting a bit angled off towards non-fiction stuff or not so much non-fiction stuff, but more just the same authors, but different oh, okay. works of theirs. Yeah. So I want those different writing styles. I want to see how other people can tell and spin a story. Yeah. Um, because I've got loads of books that I read when I was younger that I know were fantastic when I read them. But in terms of writing styles and that, I have no idea like how they wrote now or what it yeah. was that actually got that message across to me. So, how many books do you think you've read this? Because this year, I I always say I'm not a fast reader, but this is this year I've read so much more than I'd ever really have done before. Um, yeah, it says on Goodreads because I've updated my thing so that any book I read goes on there. Um, I've read thirty two books. Okay, that's that's a massive amount of books compared to the amount of people who say they re- they write and then sort of never actually read anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even think this includes like a couple of the audio books that I went through, but yeah, exactly. So I'm on track for fifty-ish, I think. Nice. Um, but you know, if you're ever behind, just grab a couple of comic book graphic novels because graphic novels, like, just you can whiz through those so. Quick. That's cheating. Yeah, there <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I think. Um, yeah, I put my my target on the twenty. Why does it say 2016 reading challenge? Oh, that was the last one. Um, I think this is wrong. Interesting. Hold on. Average. No, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, 32 books. Um, but I put my my target for 30. 
but okay, yeah. by February I was on like eight, so I should have been set to do a load more, but I didn't. Yeah, I mean sometimes it's difficult when you're producing to mm. consume. Like it feels a little bit weird sometimes when because like your mindset. Because I remember when I was doing Nano Buzmo, Nano Romo, like I was struggling to jump into a new book because I was kind of more excited about what I was the story I was writing in my head you know I was more excited about reading so there's times I was on the bus why is this finished so I can read this <laughs> <laughs> but there's times when I was on the bus and that's my normal reading time when I just got my MacBook out and started writing instead so just okay. sort of wherever that space is I was more excited to do that at the time mm. but yeah man so I mean what are you are you like looking for new authors or something or yeah I think go about so it? I mean, I love writing horror, yeah. but it's actually underwhelming how many horror authors I've read. Okay. So I've read, I've read a buttload of Stephen King. Um, when I was younger, I went through the whole Darren Shan stuff, but it's very like um, your key players that I go to. Yeah. I'd quite like to just find some random, random horror authors, pick them up, give them a bit of a whack. Um, and, and see how they go, especially modern horror authors, because everyone seems yeah. to go back to like King, to Barker, to um, Herbert, and yeah, I just want to, I want to I see what maybe indie horror authors are writing these days. Yeah, I'd be interested to do more of that as well. I think what what I'd like to do is do a, every month do a book of short stories, an indie book, and then I don't know two. You know, whatever other books, but um, I'm just gonna say it might be worth popping on to. There's a book, a website called HorrorNovelReviews.com, and they have a list, the 100 scariest novels of all time. Um, look, looking at it now, there's there's a few books here that you would have read anyway, but I've been working off that every now and again, to sort of pick a new book to read. Um, like The Ruins by Scott Smith, which I picked up and read a little while ago. That was one of my favorite reads of the year. Yeah, but oh, I found it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what's going in the indie world. I don't feel like I'm very much in touch with indie horror. Mm. Yeah, we've spoken to a few, but in terms of actually reading them, it's not really something we've done. That's not what I clicked on. Um, but yeah, just I don't know. There's, there are certain things that when you read Stephen King after Stephen King, he's fantastic, but you get the motifs, you get the tropes, you get yeah. the Kingisms, where you're just like, oh, I wonder, I wonder how other people tackle this. Yeah, I know that you've just read The Rats by James Herbert. Yeah, um, and that one was when I read that earlier this year was very, it felt very fresh, felt very young. Um, you but can it's tell still... like it's like a first, it's like his first novel, isn't it? He wrote. It, you can tell yeah. it's kind of got that energy of the first novel. Yeah, yeah, and it works, but mm. it is very, very different to King, and I like to kind of see those differences. So, mm. yeah, read more, um, and then my bonus extra, um, I want to be a bit more giving. I want to find more people to help, um, more people that I can kind of add value to. Old, old ladies help them cross the street and, and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but I know we were talking about... Um, coaching services mm. things like that yeah uh, yeah just reaching out a hand a bit more to to people who are maybe a bit earlier on in the game than we are and to see if we can help them um yeah. but i had one uh experience this year where uh it was 
I can't remember her second name now. It's Karina, who does a lot of our proofreading for mm-hmm. the other stories, did a lot of our proofreading for the other stories, um, was a, a friend, a colleague of mine at work who basically got chatting to, found out she wanted to work in publishing. She loves dystopian. She loves horror. Um, so basically just brought her on and said, like, you need experience in order to get into the proofreading, copy editing game. Yeah. Um, and long story short, she came on board, did some proofreading, and now she's working for the publishing company that Stephen King launches his books with. So I know she's just wow. she's just moved over to Penguin actually. Okay. What was the, what was the company called? Uh, it was with Hachette. Hachette, yeah. yeah. Well, I've been in their uh, been in their offices when I lived in London. They've yeah. got the um the oldest elevator in London. So like the back the back far corner. Um, and it doesn't work, but. That, that building used to be one of those newsrooms and it's got those doors, like revolving doors. So you imagine um, hot, like reporters would kind of burst through these sort of doors with um, with the new stories or something. Uh, and then they go in the elevator. It's one of those elevators, like old and wooden and um, you've got like the thing that you pull across. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like concertina door sort of thing. Um, and it just like, if you, that's the amazing about London. You go into places like that and you're like, I'm time traveling. This is insane. <laughs> me Where and did a, this come from? Exactly. So me and Ben watched um, An American Wealth in London. That came out 80s, I want to say early 80s. Um, but there's a scene in that in a tube station. I'm telling you, that tube station is exactly the same. It's like, <laughs> if, if you want to go time traveling, just walk around London because a lot of it is like, just like being in like the 70s or something. It's not changed at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't it like, I can't remember which train station it is, but they've got um, like a massive staircase that goes down, but they always tell you to wait for these two lifts. Yeah, that's uh, Leicester Square. What, it's around there. It's Common Garden, Leicester Square. Um, yeah. Don't take the stairs. <laughs> I mean, oh, I did once. It's okay. the most terrifying thing in my life. Oh, wait, did you go down? Yeah. Well, no, so I was going up. And uh, oh, no, it took me about half an hour to get up the stairs. It oh. takes so long, yeah. Yeah, I remember just going down and down. And I think at the time there was like a guy that said don't use the stairs, but I was really in a hurry and just kind of slipped past him. Yeah. It goes on forever. Yeah, the stairs, they're never ending. It feels like you're going to like Wonderland or something. You get dizzy. It's just yeah. just a spiral all the way down. Yeah. Um, and then you see the rats coming up and you're like, oh, <laughs> and you got to turn around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's just an extra one of mine is to, to give more and try and find more opportunities to help Okay, so what was your first one again? Uh, so my first was Know Your Goals. Know Your Goals. Number then uh, Forget the Audience. Forget the Audience. Read More. Read More. What were mine? I can't remember. Number one was... Uh... It was along the lines of Know Your Goals. It was... Um... Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Be more, oh be, become... Um, it's it's the same sort of idea. I think know thyself or something. Know your way. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Number two was work at your own pace. Yeah. But, but work. I think that's that's the key point there. So work at your own pace, but work like get something done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And number three is uh, <laughs> can't remember. Oh, this was only moments ago. Literally moments ago. That's that's where we're at. It's eight o'clock. Oh, celebrate your wins. Celebrate your wins. That's fun. Okay, cool. Um that's pretty good. We're coming on to the hour. That was uh better that was a nice way to do it, an episode, I think. It was it was quite interesting. Yeah. I think nice. put each other on the spot just that little bit. Yeah. Uh okay, let's know so what you think. Talking about being put on the spot, what's the outro? Uh thanks to ACAS for hosting <laughs> the podcast, thanks to Disaster Piece for uh the intro and outro music. 
thanks Patreon. to the Patreon patrons over at patreon.com forward slash Horton Cleaver. If you like the show, head over to iTunes and leave a five star rating and review in iTunes. And remember to hit subscribe. And uh, I think that's about it. Thanks to Dan. So much effort on your face. Um, yeah, thank <laughs> well, you very much. Like notes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Let's see you in a bit. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories? Oh, and did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute day, anyway. Toodle pip. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.